Hello and welcome to episode three of the 905 podcast with myself, Roland Tanner, and my co-host, Joel McLeod. Hi, Joel. How are you doing this week? Doing well. Uh, still social distancing due to the pandemic, uh, but none the worse for wear. Oh, it'd be nice one of these days to maybe do a podcast where we're in the same room or something. But uh, <laughs> yes. for the time being, we'll continue uh, at a distance. So this week on uh, the 905 podcast, we've got an interview with Isabella Mallon and Corday Balogun, who were two of the organizers of the Burlington Solidarity March for Black Lives Matter, which was held back in early June. Um, Isabella and Corday uh, were two of, I think, all told, there were four or five organizers, but um, they did a fantastic job, and we saw a march the like of which Burlington has never seen before. And we had a, a long chat with them yesterday, and here's the interview coming up now. Today we're welcoming Isabella Mallon and Corday Balogun, who were two of the organizers of the Burlington Solidarity March for Black Lives Matter back on, I think it was June the 8th, I believe or early June anyway, and you can correct me in a few minutes. Um, the the uh, march for those people who, from outside of Burlington who may not have been familiar with it was uh, a huge success. Um, it, uh, Burlington is not a city that um, traditionally has huge marches. Uh, this was by any, any definition a very major march, about four kilometers all the way down to downtown and then um, well, you can give us the details, but it was certainly a, a very impressive event. So I wonder if, just to sort of kick us off, if you could tell us some of the background to the event, uh, how you came to um, get involved, how you came to organize it, and, and what motivated you to do so. Yeah, so um, the march was June 4th, but June yeah, 4th. so it was early June, yeah. Um, but basically what, I guess what, happened before the march that kind of led us to doing this is myself and one of the other organizers noah bowen who we spoke to on the phone with you um mm -hmm. a, a couple weeks ago but he just wasn't able to come today but um we had gone to the exact spot uh new street and walker's line and just held signs up uh about like a week before we decided to do the march and the first time we went it was just us two um then there was a following time we did one more time and then the third time he had gone alone and there was just some people that would just were just kind of there like as if they were just kind of waiting for us to be there and oh, cool. um, yeah so there was about maybe five people that day and then the next day i went along with them again and we stayed there for maybe like i think it was probably from 12 p.m to around five so we we're there okay. for like five hours and there was probably like in total maybe 20 25 people that was that were just kind of coming we had extra signs they'd like stand for 30 minutes or so then leave or bring water and it just seemed like kind of a lot of people were very engaged in kind of what was going on so I just kind of had the idea because I've obviously I heard of a lot of marches that were going on and I was like I mean even if only 20 people come like clearly there's some people actually kind of care about everything that's going on so I just walked around the people that were there then and I was like if we had a march to come they all said yes and from there I just messaged my friend because she's pretty good at making like posters um, her name's Anisha Rippey. Uh, she made the poster and uh, then from there, myself and Creedy um, and Noah just kind of organized it. I posted it on my Instagram and originally we thought maybe 30 people and then it went from 30 to 100 and then from 100 to like 1,000. It was, it was all really quick, but yeah, that's kind of where it came from. And we just kind of saw an opportunity to kind of just 
show show some kind of support in Burlington. Did you do you have a, a final estimated number of how many people did uh, did merch? Yeah, so I've heard a, a lot of different numbers. Um, I think the one I heard at one point there was a article talking about like eight, five ten thousand. I don't I don't know if that's how much it was there to be honest, but that's kind of like between five and. 10 was kind of like where I saw a lot of the estimates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I personally, like, I thought it was only 2,000, but I was also at the front, so I'm not really sure. Like, I didn't really see. Yeah. You, you didn't see. I I, uh, I joined um, from uh, kind of near where I live, uh, just near the public library. And when I joined, uh, the, the front had already passed, and we I looked to the right towards uh, Walker's line, and just, it was solid as far as you could see. So then we joined and we walked downtown and there was the whole thing with the the bending of the knee and everything. And when Mm -hmm. we came back, people were still coming. It it was incredible. Like you probably didn't get a proper sense of just how many people there were. It was, I've never seen anything like it in in Burlington. Were you, were you guys as shocked as we we were? I mean, Roll and I have been talking about this for a while. We, we are longtime Burlington residents and we, and we're, we're very involved in, local politics we have never seen anything of this size uh in our lifetimes or at least in recent memory and i'm just wondering what's what's your sense of uh, uh, of it all as the organizers i mean are you as shocked as we are oh yeah yeah for sure like like i said even my myself especially me and creedy we spoke about it and we were thinking like imagine like 500 people came or 100 people came that was a right. number to us right so we didn't know how many people were going to be there until the day of. So even we got, me and Creed, we got there kind of early and we saw a couple of people coming in and we were like, oh, okay, like, I guess there's not going to be as many as we thought. And then within like 10 minutes, there was like hundreds of people. Hundreds of people, the yeah. Um, was- yeah, like adding on to what Isabella said, it was honestly like the biggest shock. Like I didn't think there was, it was going to move to that many people, to be honest what's going what's going through your mind as you're seeing all these people show up and and start to congregate and you realize that that's what they're there for they're there for this march uh, like what's going through your mind at the at that moment i mean for at first i was kind of nervous because i was like wow well especially because pl- the way we planned was we were supposed to walk on the sidewalks so right. first it was like i was like whoa but then i, I just like once everyone like really came in, it was just like i don't know how to explain like the feeling it was just like a really like like it felt very connected like it felt like like wow like we're all here for you know the same reason like it felt really strong and especially because it was like we called it a solidarity march right so it was like just it was just beautiful to see how many people that like wanted to come out and like i guess wanted the same thing as everyone right right? especially because it's not a a community that has a lot of it's not very multi like it is growing like burlington there's a lot more culture now but still it's just you never notice i don't know how to explain like i just i would never have expected so many people like even my peers to have showed up because I, I you know they didn't really necessarily like, speak about it before but then the fact that they kind of just saw and like came it just I just felt so much more connected to my community and I think that I saw that with a lot of other people like after the march as well like I got a lot of messages just kind of speaking a lot of people of color that did live in Burlington were messaging me like wow I've never felt like so like so many people really cared about like my community actually kind of had me in mind and wanted to stand up for me and stuff like that so I guess it was just like a really strong sense of like solidarity and like strong community and like stuff like that like that's kind of what it felt like okay absolutely i mean it was just speaking as someone who 
Actually, I think Joel, you, you told me about it the day before, and I mentioned it. Yeah, I, I found uh, somebody has shared the Facebook event uh, to me through something or other, and I said, oh, okay, that's neat. I think at the time you had about 400 people uh, saying that they were going to attend. I said, that's, that'd be a pretty good march of 400 people. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and rolling some of these pictures of there, he's like, there's way more than 400 people marching yeah. down New Street here. Yeah, it, and it was absolutely uh, the most wonderful uh, feeling. Like you, you said, it was beautiful. It really was. Uh, overwhelmingly, people much younger than me, uh, but that doesn't matter. I mean, that that just made it all the better, as far as I was concerned. It was just to see, uh, you know, the next generation really standing up and being counted. Uh, just absolutely wonderful. How did you, now I believe you you, you did sort of deal with the, uh, uh, you obviously had to speak to the uh, the local, to Halton police because just because you were on the roads and stuff. How did you find working with them? Well, for me, it was su- like surprisingly, like I don't feel like I understand like how they were going to respond at first, but they mm-hmm. responded really well. Like their head chief was like, sent out a letter saying like, I'm really happy that this is happening. Like the word needs to get out. And they kind of were, even now to this moment, we're actually trying to work with myself and Noah and um, trying to figure out a way to create a council, like a youth council within the police to kind of help them, I guess, learn more. Like they were very like responsive and like they didn't want to overstep. They were like, they were okay with like staying in the back and they just kind of wanted to learn and listen mm-hmm. so that they could better, I guess, communicate with the people of color in our community and kind of just see where their next steps were so it was actually really great working with them and like it continues to be really great like they continue to really want to uh pursue i guess some kind of they want to make something out of the march and be able to continue to educate our youth that are coming up on on the topic so i found it really great uh working with them and i think they appreciated the fact that we weren't making it an anti-police march specifically so that's why they also had like a like they, they even said, though, they said, if this is an anti-police march, like, I'm okay with that. Like, they didn't necessarily have a problem with it, but obviously, because our approach was more solidarity, the last thing we wanted was it to be against anybody, right? Because right? they're still part of our community. Um, yeah. On, on, that, on that note, um, I mean, looking at the, the coverage, you had a uh, member of parliament for Burlington, Karina Gould, uh, marching. You have the mayor, Marianne Mead Ward, as well as numerous councillors, uh, uh, showing their support publicly uh, for the for the march, and I'm wondering, I mean, have you have you been reached out to officially by these people or other uh, politicians, people with power in the community? Yeah, um, the mayor. Um, we had a Zoom call a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and like like you were saying, you wanted to speak about kind of what we're doing in the future. So mm-hmm. when we do get to that topic, I can speak more on that, but we have spoken and she was really happy about everything that happened. Um, she, as you know, like expressed her support. Um, when we spoke about it, she was kind of trying to find ways to, again, like kind of like the police, like they were just kind of trying to listen and like learn from everything, but they were really happy to see something like this happen in Burlington. Cause they, 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 I guess felt like it was something that always needed to happen, but they, I get, I guess they felt that because I was a youth, or younger, I was able to create more traction, like things that they would never mm-hmm. be able to do. So they were kind of just happy that I stepped up and was able to do it. And yeah, I didn't really, I think the only people that did reach out though was the mayor. I didn't really have anyone else reach out, I don't think. But okay. she, was, she did um, like go out of her way to set up an interview with me and just kind of speak with me and was very, very eager to create more and do more 
with this. That's really good to hear. I mean, and um, to say it's unusual in Burlington, like you, you, you've done something that's never been done, never been done before. I mean, there, there have been marches and protests, but uh, I would guess if any was ever larger than about 200, that was about the most. <laughs> uh, I was just wondering, did you get any, or did you get, I'll just put it this way, did you get any pushback at all from, from anybody in the community? Did you get any any kind of comments about you shouldn't be doing this? I mean, I know that there was an article in the Burlington Post that I thought was kind of just totally missed the point um, because it was talking about COVID and stuff like this. Did, did, um, did you get any kind of non-supportive comments or was everybody pretty good? Um, there was like a flyer that someone had made on um, Instagram or something and they were just saying that how they didn't support it because there's of the COVID issue, like you just said. But that was the only thing that I saw that was being sent to me on the um, solidarity page, which we obviously we did the whole wear the mask, wear your gloves, everybody took care of that. But I just feel like that was just them just trying to stop something that was very important. I was just going to say, I think it should also be pointed out that there hasn't been actually any new cases linked back to the march. Um, yeah. It's been a exactly. few months yeah. now, and no, I don't, I don't. From what I've read in the papers or read in the news, uh, there all the, any new cases that popped up in Halton, none of them have been linked back to uh, the Solidarity yeah. March. Yeah. I also just wanted to say there was. I did receive, they were also like, there's two other things. There was one, um, we had a Facebook post um, about someone basically kind of trying to say that we were using the march to destroy local businesses. Oh, basically, there, do you remember, yeah, there was like, yeah, yeah, man yeah. was basically, it seemed kind of like a threat. Like I had, I actually had to relate it to the officers because it kind of seemed a little like weird but he, i think it was also like what creed was saying like someone just trying to stop it from happening altogether but they were saying like be careful for people like laying down bricks because i guess um a couple weeks before a week before ours is a vancouver march or be a bar march in B vancouver bc like that happened mm -hmm. and so there was like people saying that the burlington march was doing that and then we got an i got like at least personal messages like a lot of them kind of just saying like it was actually from a lot of young people i didn't get a lot of like i guess older people doing it but because our march wasn't anti-police they felt like we completely missed the entire purpose and that yeah. like we weren't we weren't actually doing anything and if we go then like if they were basically urging people not to go because what we were doing wasn't what we were saying we were doing because we we're not anti-police and we're actually trying to like invite the police and all that kind of stuff so we did have like a little bit issues with that but i didn't get any really like messages i guess kind of saying like don't do it don't have the march but the only time I did, I guess, feel a difference in um, ages was when we were holding the signs on Walker's line before we did the march. You could see, like, the people driving past that were honking or were, like, kind of, like, being like, oh, good job. We're, like, either parents with kids or youth. Like, a lot of, like, older people would just kind of look at us and, like, keep driving. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't, right. you can kind of, like, yeah. feel, like, it's, like, almost uncomfortable. Well, um, it's almost, do, you, do you think it's a, a bit of a this might be a bit above your, your pay grade, so to speak, but I'll ask anyways, do you think there's a, like a generational divide that, I mean, are we've, we are aware of the Black Lives Matter movement, I think because of um, the internet, social media, whatnot. I mean, we, we see, we see the, 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 the Facebook 
videos of police killing mm -hmm. um, black men uh, in, in, a, in a very graphic manner. And for, for I think for the younger generation, your generation, you see that and it's, it's hard to discount that. You can't, you, there's not really like another side to that um, when it's this kind of same video all, all the time, just different actors uh, taking place. And I'm wondering, do you, do you feel like it's a generational divide that there's there's a, a younger generation is looking at saying there's not really an excuse for this action for this behavior yeah change needs to happen and if the generation that came before us isn't going to do it then we're going to have to make the change for us i think there's definitely a generational divide like you can see it but i don't know yeah like you said like i don't know sorry i'm trying to think. I don't know how to even answer that yeah i'm trying to think about it <laughs> Fair, like, I, can try, but I can't what I can say is like I can I definitely do notice a generational divide. I I feel like personally it's just because, like you said, like our generation or around around our generation, I guess up to like twenty five, we're very like social media oriented. We're right. always we're always seeing this kind of stuff, and it's almost I guess you could say it's like it's almost like I don't want to say it's to take away from a lot of people that were supportive of the march, but sometimes people our age will just do it because it seems like it's kind of in right now. It's not necessarily yeah. what they, if they, it's not necessarily that they feel like, oh, Black Lives Matter, or they really are passionate about it. Sometimes it's just like, they see other people talking about it. I mean, you get, I mean, I guess uh, you get different levels of, of commitment to any cause. Yeah. And you get people, but, but you know what? Um, but I, I was who come yeah. along because it's just, uh, because it's a thing in the news right now. Mm -hmm. very often they won't come along at all so they came along that's, that's, that's no that's yeah that's the thing I, yeah. I was i wasn't up like i even if that wasn't something that they maybe wasn't really passionate about i know that them coming a lot of people even messaged me saying like at first you know i was, I was unsure about it but now i you know what i'm saying like it was a big movement but i don't know when it comes to the generational vibe i think it's just because of the way that people grew up that mm -hmm. a lot of people are very stuck in their ways like older generations are very just stuck in their ways and their understanding of things but we're in at a really progressive like era i guess like our generation is very progressive so that's why i feel like it was it not as hard for us to kind of change our minds or change our understandings of things going on whereas obviously people who maybe grew up like 20 30 years before us it's so it's so ingrained and like, these stereotypes and these kind of ways of thinking and ways of life are so ingrained that it's not as easy to kind of just shift away from that which is understandable but i think that's why there's such a divide between us because we're so progressive in the sense of like maybe this wasn't okay before but now we kind of we can understand and put ourselves and progress and and, and kind of like that so i don't know i guess that could be the only way i kind of wrap my head around why there might be like a divide yeah yeah and i i mean i was so right. my generation when i back in the 80s and stuff um i guess that was the start of the green movement and stuff and it's been one of the most disappointing things is seeing my generation drop the ball uh, and not follow through on, you know, we were all joining Greenpeace and we were all going, and here we are. We all went out and bought SUVs. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I really hope that your generation uh, sticks with it, uh, particularly on, on this issue above all issues, on, on issues of race and mm -hmm. equality and fairness. Uh, oh my God. Uh, it's, uh, let, let's just hope that, that, you really stick with it and 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 that you can take a an event like this and turn it into something really really huge and really important yeah
on on that note, um, I guess the question, next question is, what's next? What do you uh, what do you plan to do next with this uh, this momentum that you've generated? Yeah, so um, we kind of have two two slash three things that's kind of come from it. Um, one of which is a youth council that myself right now it's just myself and Noah who um, are helping run. Hopefully, Creedy can uh, join at some point, but. Um, it's, I'm not 100% sure on the details of exactly what it is, but they had reached out and asked me, you know, to kind of help with the youth council, kind of help run it. I don't know, I don't know too much about it, but I do know at one point there will be a youth council. It seems that it's going to be one of those things where kids will like come into and they'll like graduate out of kind of thing and it will just keep generating like more people going through, trying to get like other people's, I guess, people's point of view on the subject. It's specifically Sorry. Sorry, this would be with Holton Police. The Holton right? Police, yeah. We have our, um, we're having a, like a meeting about it on August twentieth to kind of figure out exactly what it is, just because COVID made it a little bit difficult. Um, and then myself and Creedy and um, Anisha Rippy, we we are right now organizing a roundtable talk with the mayor. That's going to be open. Like I posted a little like teaser flyer about it. We haven't figured out an exact date, but. It's basically an open round table to anybody in the community in Burlington where the mayor will be there and present. She's not going to be talking. So it's kind of like a listen, but it's just a way for people to kind of express their experiences, um, their concerns and the, what they feel like needs to happen to create a stronger and more united community. Um, so I guess like after the march, everyone kind of did the walk and saw the purpose. It kind of just gives people a voice. And because what the mayor is kind of wanting to do is create her council as well both a youth council, but also just a council like for anti-racism. And she wanted to start off like, well, it was kind of like my idea, but she kind of wanted to see what I wanted to do. And I thought it would be a good way to start off is hearing, you know, what we think we need, like as a community and in all areas, because it's not just about what the youth need. It's, you know what I mean? So I just felt like, I guess that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, just working out the details of that. And then, well, yeah, that kind of flows into it. So it was a youth council with the mayor, the youth council with the Halton police. And then we are organizing around table table talk that should happen by the end of August. And what, what changes would you like to see come out of this uh, for Halton or, or Burlington? My biggest thing is it, it's kind of hard because what I, the whole reason for the March, like everything was just kind of creating a stronger community. Like I, I came out of a community in Mississauga, right? And mm -hmm. there it just, we had things like barbecues for the whole communities, things that kind of reached all areas of that community and it felt good. And then I came here and like, I feel like Burlington is very, like obviously we all go to school together as kids, but it's very separate. It doesn't feel like one big community. I feel like there's some things other than Sound of Music, it, it, which isn't really like something that we kind of do together. I like to see Burlington kind of be able to start organizing things that incorporate all ends of the community because we do have people that live in Burlington that are under the poverty line that that they go to things like free barbecues but then we have people that are like way over the the poverty line that wouldn't kind of find that like something they want to do so it's like kind of trying to find a balance in like organizing things where like everyone can come together and everyone kind of feels that sense of community that we did feel at the march right so that's what I hope to happen and hopefully through these like youth councils and things we can kind of like figure out a way to connect everybody together so it doesn't always feel so much as like those people of color are on their own or people that are you know what i mean don't have as much money are kind of on their own and then it's everybody else that kind of like divide between everyone absolutely i mean that that sounds wonderful it's it's, it's a good point actually that burlington has lots of communities within it that 
don't and you know we're divided down the middle by the qew and we're you know mm. there are there are things that make us being kind of burlington together quite uh, difficult sometimes yeah and it's actually worth emphasizing that um you know, Burlington is a lot more diverse now than it than it used to be. Uh, oh yes, particularly particularly in the newer <clears throat> in the in the newer areas, uh, and it would be good. You almost need to make the effort to make that visible and make that obvious. Um, certainly, yeah. if you go to city hall meetings, you 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 will not see Burlington's diversity on on display uh, very often, uh, and I think that's something that that would do us all a huge amount of good to. Um, to keep in mind and to uh, work towards improving. And yeah, the idea of sort of events that really bring the community together, that's a fantastic uh, uh, thing to try to do. Well, I'd, I'd love to follow up with uh, the two of you as well as Noah, maybe if he's free some time to come back on, because I'd like to follow up on, on those ideas and yeah. see how they are uh, coming to fruition. If, if you'd be comfortable with coming back, maybe in a couple months time, see, see what's new. I also, sorry, I also, wanted to say that I totally forgot. Um, the mayor does, what was looking at possibly creating like, not necessarily an annual like solidarity march, but she wants to give us as much power as we can to create um, next summer, do something, I guess, kind of similar, like, like a solidarity march. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't figured out that, but that's also something that we were looking to doing. She's like, basically everything that they kind of do for the Sound of Music March, like all right. the, like mm -hmm. she was like trying to back us up and like, if we wanted to, you know, have a march, make it a barbecue, kind of make it something bigger at the end. She was like really open to possibly doing that as well. That. No, that's, that's, uh, that's very impressive and it's very ambitious to do. And it's, I, I, I think if, if you're able to get that ball rolling, I'd, I'd like to uh, talk to you again about it in a few months time to see how the planning and what the, what that's going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just consider you have a standing invitation to come back. <laughs> um, I'm really so impressed with what you've done already, and mm -hmm. um, hopefully it's the start of something um, uh, bigger, and, and it would be a, a really positive step for for Burlington and for for the whole region, really. So thanks so much for speaking to us today. Um, I see that my Zoom time is about to expire, so that's <laughs> a clear day. But um, really appreciate you you talking to us, and um, congratulations again on uh, on such a successful event, and um, and all the very best with everything that you're going to be doing in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thanks very much to Isabella and Corday for uh, spending the time with us yesterday. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic uh, discussion, Joel. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was very, very inspirational. I, I thought both of the uh, young women who were on were well-spoken, well, very articulate, and very optimistic for uh, the future of, of this community and, and the movement in general. And it was very... It was something that I think you and I had talked for a while about wanting to get them on the on the podcast. We were first talking about the the idea of this podcast. Uh, we had mentioned that this was these were people that we wanted to have on because what what they did was just so unprecedented and really uh, really inspiring uh, to have that many people in Burlington come out for uh, the Black Lives Matter solidarity was it was just kind of something that I think you and I both said it just blew us away. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, I, I, I know I looked at the Facebook page and uh, I think when I looked, there were, there were a few hundred people signed up 
And I thought in my kind of patronizing way, oh, well, that's really good. And, you know, if they get half of that number who actually mm-hmm. turn out, they'll be doing really well. Well, my goodness, it was it was uh, really something else. And I, I guess we should say not just uh, uh, not just congratulations to them, but congratulations to the people of Burlington who, who came out because uh, it, it really made a statement um, in a big way. Well, I think you and I both have connections to the kind of the political scene in in Burlington, and the what they what they accomplished with that was just un. We 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 never would have thought this would have happened in in Burlington. So to see that people were that motivated, that passionate about this cause, that that is worthwhile. That is it is an important issue that we need to have discussion over uh, publicly. And to see that many people come out and show their solidarity, show their support. And their interest in the in the issue, I really do think it speaks something to this community about this community and and what people want to see in Burlington and in Halton region and maybe in Western society in in general uh, going forward. Yeah, uh, I can agree with that. I mean, it, it's um, yeah, it says a really good thing, you know. And, and you know, we can't pretend, unfortunately, that that everybody is of one mind, but. What uh, a good start, if you like, um, yeah, absolutely, to see absolutely. young pe- people in particular come out and be so um, be so successful and also be so optimistic about the future is is, is really uh, is really good to see. So certainly wishing them all the best with things uh, and that they don't become tired old hacks like you and me for too long. <laughs> well, I, I look forward to seeing what they accomplish because they are just getting started on their careers. Uh, wherever it might be. Uh, but I, I do wish them well, and I hope that they have uh, many, many years of success uh, because they've gotten off to a great start. That's for sure. Okay, so what we're going to do now is a, a new section, which I, I guess will probably become a weekly thing, which is to look at a few of the other stories that are happening in the 905 at the moment. Um, we're quickly discovering that that we could probably do a three-hour show each week yes. on the things that we'd like to talk about, and we're having to really cut back on uh, on the things that we'd like to cover because there's just not enough time without uh, making it highly likely that you'd all have switched off. But uh, certainly a couple of things that we uh, we both wanted to, to mention. Um, Joel, do you want to start off with, with the story that you particularly wanted to talk about? Yeah, um, this, this story came up that it was first published in the spec, but the the NDP working with the spec have discovered uh, the, through uh, Freedom of Information documents revealed information pertaining to the LRT in Hamilton that the documents that the government was relying on to formulate their decision to change the funding formula for the LRT um, doesn't contain the, the figure that the government was relying on and that was basically that the there would be a deficit of 5.5 billion dollars for this LRT project and the reports that are they're coming out that number does not exist in the reports so it's definitely a question of where where are these numbers coming from what does it mean for the LRT project going forward and just what's what what will the face of Hamilton look like uh, in the next decade because um, this was supposed to be a very big project, very important project to help revitalize, uh, I believe, Barton Street uh, in Hamilton and help work to re- revitalize the downtown. Uh, that seems to be put up in the air now with uh, the Ford government no longer funding it, funding it to the tune that they were promising. 
I think it's something that we're going to have to keep our eyes on for the in the coming months. Well, for sure. And um, I mean, I think uh, as people like Ryan McGreal, uh, the editor of uh, the Raise the Hammer website, anyone who's not familiar with Raise the Hammer, go and check it out right now. Um, he, he pointed out, and a number of other people uh, pointed out, um, Hamilton councillors uh, included, that um, this number never was, you know, this 5 billion number that pulled out of the air, oh, it's going to cost 5 billion never made any sense it was just a convenient way to 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 um almost bad joke throw the lrt under the bus um it, it the only lrt in ontario that's been cancelled uh, since the conservatives came in is the one that's in a city that has no conservative seats uh the ones that are in toronto the ones that are in um york and mississauga there are conservative seats around there and they're all going ahead. And for be- Hamilton, that this was going to be just, just well, I mean, I, I've, I'm completely biased on this subject. I think it would have been completely transformative for Hamilton. As so often is the case, Hamilton can't seem to catch a break when it comes to stuff like this. Um, uh, but uh, Well, it's, it's something uh, that, it's a question that in the 905 across the board, the question is uh, we're, we're changing the face of our, our communities. I mean, we've talked, you and I have had long discussions about development here in Burlington. What's that going to look like? There's questions in Mississauga of they're, they're trying to develop a downtown um, center there. And Hamilton has been long been trying to revitalize uh, certain BIAs in the community. Uh, Barton street was going to be one of them with this LRT being a central part of it. And, Again, yeah, you're right. It would have been a transformative process that really, and they, I mean, the question is what what kind of city or communities do we want these places to look like? Hamilton seemed to had a, a plan that they were wanting to enact, and then all of a sudden, nope, we're going to put down this barrier, and I, I, it's just it's a well, question the, of what's going to happen with how how you know you're right. How is Hamilton going to catch a break? Yeah, and they'd already spent a lot of money had already been spent on full-time employees doing the planning, planning the routes, working out how you know the criticisms of the LRT were that um, well, this is just this is only suiting downtown people. Um, it was really it's the centerpiece of the entire transit system of Hamilton. It, it you know putting this at its center was a really key element. Um, LRTs sometimes get a bad rap from people who are not familiar with the difference between a, a LRT and a tram or a, or a streetcar. So I'm showing my British background there. I was over in Scotland in January. Um, they put in an LRT after I emigrated uh, back in um, 2003. It cost quite a bit of money, um, not $5 billion, um, but... Uh, it cost quite a bit of money. Uh, there was a whole lot of, um, it certainly wasn't a simple path from putting the plan in place to actually delivering the LRT. But my goodness, now it's there. It's fantastic. It's, and it's, those, those trains are full um, right. every day. And it, it just, um, it really does, it's so different from a bus. <laughs> and the, if you're driving and commuting into Edinburgh, this thing is so obviously the the easy and simple way to go. Um, well, I think that it's, a bus for whatever reason never seems to be able to do. No, but I think I think this is going to be. This isn't a story that's going to be ending anytime soon. I think it's something that you and I are going to be keeping an eye on to 
see how this progresses and what city council is going to do and what advocates on the ground are going to be arguing for. And it's, it's something that we're definitely going to have to keep our eyes on uh, in the coming weeks and months ahead. Okay. Well, my story of the week is uh, it's another Burlington story. So apologies to people who are from Burlington. <laughs> But it's a cause very close to my heart, I have to admit, and uh, I can't pretend to be unbiased on this one either. Uh, And it's uh, ranked ballots. Um, So uh, on Thursday at the, I believe it's the Corporate Services Committee, the excitingly named Corporate Services Committee at City Council, the staff report is coming to the committee. The committee, for those that don't know in Burlington, it's the same as council. It has all the councillors on it. Uh, it's just a step before the full council meeting. So this is a staff report, which is reporting back on a direction from council in, believe it or not, 2016, when the staff were asked to go away and and to report back on, on how ranked ballots were working in other cities. And they were um, being adopted for the 2018 election. Uh, London was the first city to go ahead and fully implement ranked ballots and uh, a couple of other cities believe Guelph and Kingston had referendums on uh, ranked ballots Um, and since then some other cities I think have gone ahead and adopted ranked ballots for the next election. Now what's the big deal about ranked ballots? Uh, The argument is that they give a much fairer representation of voter intentions, uh, and they work particularly well in municipal elections where we don't have political parties. So in a uh, very often what happens in, in, in municipal elections is that the incumbent has a really huge advantage, and it's simply because people have heard of their name. And the other advantage is that if someone is running against the incumbent, you almost always get a few opponents, and they have an up hill battle to get their name known uh, and to sort of have a fair kick at the can against an incumbent and we've certainly seen that in Burlington over over the decades uh, I think I don't think I'm saying anything too controversial to say that say for instance uh, councillor Dennison who was was beaten at the last election was beaten because there was only one person running against him um, which is the first time. Uh, the, the previous three or four elections, there'd always been two or three candidates and you end up with uh, a split vote. So I think it's a, a fairer way of doing things. Uh, others may disagree, but uh, I think with the particular challenges that we have with municipal elections where very few people are, are to be honest, even aware of who their councillor is um, until you know, days before the election is held, it helps to have this kind of system where you can um, rank your choices. So say, okay, well, this person first, this person second. It's a, I think it's a very progressive way of electing our representatives, mostly because it. You're right. It's it's fair. I mean, you you have it's not a, it's not a first pass opposed either. You know, it's an all or nothing kind of kind of uh, venture. You can have multiple people on a ballot, and you say, well, I, I might like person A's policies, uh, but also like per- some of person B's, and so you can rank it and 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 and, and construct your your ballot that way. The um, what I always thought was an interesting part is from the the whoever the elected official is, you kind of get a sense of how well your message is being received. It's it's the current system doesn't really allow that any nuance. You either you have enough 
ballots to win and you're you're the, you're elected the representative uh, or the counselor or whomever but if you're in a ranked ballot choice you'd have to you, you might say you didn't win until like the third round and that kind of tells you maybe my my ideas aren't really as resonating as well as I thought as I thought they were but you know if you went if you said well no you won on on the first ballot easily you know you won the majority of votes you can say well clearly I've got a strong mandate uh, to implement my my policies and I mean I, I think that's maybe that's a bit naive on my part but I think that's a way of kind of transforming the the dynamic between elected officials um, and their and their constituents and I, I should say this isn't necessarily just a municipal ballot issue I mean I, this was one of the if people remember from way back in when uh, the the current liberal government was elected, this was one of the options that was being toted uh, to change uh, how we are how we elect our government. Um, clearly, that did not take root at the federal level because we still elected people the old-fashioned way. But that was one of the things that was being toted was a ranked ballot system, and of course, politics got in the way. And we're not, I'm not, I don't think we have time to get into that, but. I was kind of excited about it because I thought that it was a way to really have an elected representative that truly says I have the will of the people behind me or to say I need to do a little bit more work to connect with my constituents. Because um, I think it's one of the, these are one of those things that you can really transform the relationship between um, our, at least our city council and uh, and the citizens that elect it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my personal view is that any, any system but first past the post is better. Uh, there are different pluses pluses and minuses for for different types of voting system at different levels um i think at a municipal level ranked ballots work really well in a non-partisan um environment there's arguments pluses and minuses uh, at other levels as to um uh, whether it can act as a kind of it almost forces you to the center when you're dealing with parties but um but yeah the, like you say those are discussions for another day but certainly, uh, I would say in terms of Burlington, this is a really exciting and important development. And because of COVID, it's kind of easy for, for these subjects to go whistling past without much notice uh, in the community. So um, for anybody listening who's interested in, in this subject and thinks that ranked ballots would be an advantage, I can recommend you to consider delegating or writing an email to your counselor or writing an email, you know, get yourself on the public record uh, as uh, as supporting, if you agree with me, or whatever your opinion happens to be, or right into um, the, or right into the show, and uh, maybe we can have a discussion with uh, average citizens on this at some point as an uh, as an idea as this uh, as this debate goes on. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes a tough sell to talk about electoral systems because um, it's like you know, hit the snooze button, guys. But it actually is so so important and. and the question that never seems to get asked is why do we have the system we have now? People always throw the problems with alternative systems. It's like, why do we have the system we have now? Well, the answer actually is because that was a system that was used in the 1600s in England uh, to elect landowners to the House of Commons. Well, that's not a very good argument for still using that system uh, so many hundred years later. Um, so like I say, it is the kind of thing that I have a bee in my bonnet about. Uh, but, uh, and when the opportunities come along, you have to seize them because once they're gone, they're often gone for decades. So uh, I'm hoping that council really uh, jumps in this one and doesn't punt it another four years down the line, which is certainly one, if not two of the options that are on the table. 
a referendum is another option. And I, I, again, as someone who with a British background, I'm not a fan of referendums right now, um, particularly in municipalities where they're completely non-binding unless you get 50% of the vote. And no city in Ontario ever gets a 50% turnout at a municipal election. Um, so I would say skip that one and well, um, I think find I, other ways to make your decisions. We can have the debate for many, uh, many, many times over because uh, this is not a, yeah. I think this is a topic <laughs> that's not going to go away anytime soon. Well, I hope not. I hope not. I hope it doesn't get punted. And uh, at least we have the chance to have a full uh, kind of discussion on it. Okay, well, that's uh, that's uh, our two issues of the week. And as you can tell, we could probably go on speaking about both of them for another hour or so. Um, but we'll we'll spare you that and uh, do it in another week. Um, so thanks again, Joel. Um, in the weeks ahead, we, we've got some other really interesting stories coming up. And um, we hope you enjoyed the discussion this week. Make sure you, uh, if you have questions, make sure you send them in to us at info at 905er.ca. You can also... Find us wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Please like us, rate us five stars, share us widely, and follow us on Twitter at 905er.ca. You can also find us on Facebook as well. Thanks very much, folks, and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.